0: Welcome to Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the professor, and my co hosts are Debbie Boy and the DJ. How are you guys going? Pretty good. It's been great.
1: (laughs) Raining. Woohoo! It's raining. Welcome to Australia.
0: Flash flooding. (laughs) Yeah, the flash flooding's not so great. I mean, well, I, had, I to go, um, the- had to go a long way away from my radio exam this weekend, and I was told after the exam that I'd better leave right away or I wouldn't get home because it would get, the road would get cut.
1: Oh, Luckily, be- it, um,
0: the rain eased off and it didn't happen, but that would have been embarrassing.
1: I'd hate to be every every single waterfront home user at this point. Well, the beach doesn't tend to, like, flood in
0: just downpours like this. It only tends to flood in cyclones. But Riverfront property does.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember the good old days when we all dreamed of having, owning, like, Riverfront homes, and, we re- and then as we older we get, we realized how bad that idea was?
0: <laughs> Just you, DJ. <laughs> but anyway, what's our uh, first topic for the day, DJ?
1: Uh, so, Warner Brothers and HBO have, uh, have been getting some um, vicious feedback uh, in the- with their recent announcement. So you all remember that the whole um, announcement the other day about how Wonder Woman is going to be streaming on HBO Max and cinemas at the same time.
0: Well, that's only because it's um only coming out in cinemas in places where you won't get Rona.
1: Yeah. So as a result, the studio has decided they're going to do the same strategy to all of its other movies. And this is their, and mind you, this is their 2021 catalogue. So this includes the Matrix Four, Dennis Villeneuve's um, *Dune*, um, *In the Heights*, *The Sopranos* prequel, um, *The Many new Saints of Newark*, the new *Suicide Squad* movie, and a couple and, um, and a couple of other movies. Oh, very
2: cool! Yeah. So there's, a, I saw the trailer for *What Ifs*. So. I- could you explain that to me
1: a bit more? <laughs> Different company, but okay. Uh... <laughs> oh, yes, DC Marvel.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was
2: like, oh, yeah, superheroes. I know, I saw a new trial for that. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, Warner Brothers is, has come out saying, like, oh, they, ref- they have come out saying, this is a... Once um, this is a unique one-year plan. This is um, this initiative isn't expected to continue into 2022 or beyond. This is just a in case of the ongoing health crisis. This is a response to an ongoing health crisis. Well, on the plus side, it is unlikely to go into 2022
0: because um, hopefully the vaccines will get rolled out. They're looking pretty promising.
1: Yeah, but we don't see the we don't know the long-term effects though. So. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the people who get the vaccines might get superpowers.
0: Cool, yeah, though. unlikely.
1: Yeah. So, um, what, so Warner Brothers' um, chair and CEO um says, we're living in unprecedented times which call for creative solutions. There's that line the t- again, unprecedented times.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's precedented now. It's been going on for a year. <laughs>
1: include this new initiative for Warner Brothers Pictures Group. Um, no one, no one wants films back on the big screen more than we, more than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of theatrical ex- exhibition, but we have to balance this. But with the reality that most theaters in the U.S. will likely operate at reduced capacities throughout 2021, with this unique one-year plan, we can support our partners in re- exhibition uh, with a steady pipeline of world-class films, which while also giving moviegoers who may, ac- no, may not access um, to theatres or aren't quite ready to go back to the movies the chance to g- see our f- amazing 2021 films, she continued. We see it as a win-win for film go- lovers and exhibitioners, and we're g- extremely grateful to our filmmaking partners for working with us on this innovative response to these circumstances.
0: And now tell us why everyone's upset about it. <laughs>
1: So they're upset ab- so they're upset about it because people are getting alienated by this um like for example talent agencies uh they're spending time with um me- with l- l- litigators some are stating that some started to angrily refer to them as former bros and some, so for example, some are saying for the longest time, Warner Brothers has been known to be the best home for talent and have been a significant competitive advantage. Uh, with this move, they've alienated the very talent that have worked very hard to attract these. But these why are, are
0: the talent upset? Why do they care?
1: <laughs> they care because of the
0: amount of money. What amount of money? What's the deal with the money?
1: Uh, The deal with the money is they not compensate. They're not compensated hard. They're not compensated. Um, I was gonna say hard enough, but yeah, they're not compensated large enough. Basically. So they said, if a film flops, the second payday never comes. If a, fi- if a film is a hit, as in often the case with superheroes and other fantasy movies, the back-end pay can add up to the wheelbarrows full of cash. That money trickles down to Hollywood's financial ecosystem to agents, lawyers, and managers, funding um the mansions, the Porsches, and the thousand-per-person um dinners, basically. So uh, Christopher Nolan, for example, um, came out basically saying he is very, very angry about this.
0: Oh no, I'm very, very angry that I can't hear the voices in Christopher Nolan's movies.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, some, if you, if you, it's funny you say that because um, a, a director has basically come out on Twitter basically saying that um, Christopher Nolan's movie Watching a Christopher Nolan's movie with subtitles, like watching an entirely different movie. But yeah, Nolan, um, in the recent interview, um, said this. Oh, I mean disbelief, especially with the way they which they did it. There's so there's such controversy around it because they didn't tell anyone. In 2021, they were they've got some of the top filmmakers in the world. They've got. They've got some of the biggest stars in the world who worked for 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 years in some cases on these projects, very close to their hearts. They're meant to be big screen experiences. They're meant to be in the widest possible audience, and now they're being used as lost as a loss leader for the streaming service for a full fle- for fledging um streaming service without any consultation. So it feels a- like
2: had not made any
1: money. <laughs> <laughs> I like how
2: you're saying this, and you had um. What's his name? Come out with like a three to four hour long uh, epic movie. <laughs> uh, what's his, what was the, the Irishman? Who was the director of that?
1: The Irishman. Uh, uh, scores woo. easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: Scores easy. Just like, you know, it has to be online now, but I'm just going to stuff you and make it four hours long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, you continue. So, so there's a lot of controversy. It's very, 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 very messy. A real bait and switch. Yeah, it's, it's sort of now... Na- not how you treat filmmakers, stars, and people who these guys are the fade
0: and switch, though, like, <laughs> not doing what they said they would, but everyone knew this was gonna happen, yeah. Like, and pretending they... that you don't know that they were going to have to do something weird this year, it's just lying.
1: <laughs> and uh, he goes on to say they, they deserve to be consulted and spoken to about how, how, how was what was going to happen to their work. I mean, he's got a point though, like. Like, no one has been told, like, no one was told about this. Like, not even the cinemas, to be precise. And uh, if Nolan was also saying that long-term, I think all of the studios know that the movie theatre experience will bounce back and be a very important part of the ecosystem long-term. And continues on saying, some of the big industry's biggest filmmakers and important movie stars went to bed one night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out that they were working for the worst streaming service. (laughs) <laughs> You're a bit full of
0: yourself, mate
1: <laughs> and, he continue- and he also says Warner Brothers is the incredible machine For getting a filmmaker's world w- work out there In the theatres and in home And they're dismantling it as we speak They don't even understand that they're losing it That they're losing The decision not, not, makes no economic sense And making the mo- casual Wall Street investor Concede the Difference between dis- disruption and dysfunction. What a nutcase! <laughs> um, Independent Cinema Alliance of um, um, in America has, uh, dis- has made a statement saying that uh, they don't like this idea saying unprecedented time calls for unprecedented measures. <laughs>
0: yeah, and this is the unprecedented measure, so get
2: over
1: it. <laughs> um, they said, what else did they say? That They said, but let this be clear. It is essential for, to the success of the entire motion picture ecosystem and the hybrid distribution models distri- influenced by the pandemic properly reflect appropriate terms for movie theatre owners. The ICA looks forward to collaborating with our partners in Hollywood on deliberate, innovative solutions that uh, build a brighter future for a great industry. That's that's so... What, your great
0: industry that evades taxes and underpays its (laughs) workers?
1: Oh, and um, just yesterday... Is it yesterday? Oh, just yesterday. um, Villeneuve decided to come out as well. With a big, with a long-winded statement. Uh, his statement will be will be uh, in the show notes as well. And what was his one? Uh, oh, I forgot. Oh, I think I have it in my show notes. Hang on a second, second. Here we go. Here we go. He says uh, in the beginning, he, in the of the line, he says, "I learned that the news of Warner Bros. has decided to release June on HBO Max at the same time as our theatrical release, using prominent prominent images uh, for our movie to promote their streaming service." With this decision, AT&T has hack- hijacked one of our most respectable and important studios of our film industry. There is absolutely no love for cinema, no that, nor for the audience here. <laughs> and um, he, at the end of it, he goes, I strongly believe that the f- future of uh, cinema will be on the big screen, and no matter what any Wall Street de- uh, delineates says, since, it's, since the dawn of time, humans have deeply loved our communal story experiences. Cinema on the big screen is more than a business. It's an art form that brings people together. Ah, yeah. (laughs) A standard line. (laughs) Yep. So, just as I have both a fiduciary and creative response to fulfill as the filmmaker, I call on ATAT to act swiftly with the same responsibility, respect, and regard to protect this vital cultural medium. The moviegoer experience is like no other. In this darkened film theater, films capture our history, educate us, fuel our imagination, lift and inspire our collective spirit. It's our legacy. Long live theatrical cinema.
0: I've heard enough rubbish now.
1: <laughs> although, although not not everybody's um angry about it. Uh, Gal Gadot, the star of Wonder Woman, is getting a lot of money out of this. She's getting paid ten million dollars. I repeat, ten million dollars. Of course, she's happy about it then. <laughs> Although the she and the director Patty Jenkins are is um getting that money, all of it is r- as a result of negotiations between Godot and Jenkins's lawyer and the studio. But that's what do you reckon about this about this move, though? In your opinion, like having film studios and streaming services releasing it at the same time, I'm okay with it. So many of it. things are happening now,
2: so might as well do it. Bye yeah, bye, but- movie theaters. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, I care. Bye bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but okay uh, that being said though like do you reckon that like the Nolan getting angry about it and now June's director getting angry about it do you reckon that it their their outrage is justified though I get that they're not happy that it
0: it happened and it doesn't seem like they were asked for input but otherwise nobody's making any money in the next you know we're gonna go two years without um, making any money in movies and I know that the movie so, um, companies will manage to mess it up somehow with their Hollywood accounting. But, you know, that's not good for anyone. So, let it happen and get back to normal in a couple of years when things have settled down. I reckon it's going to take, you know, at least a year from, um, for the vaccines to actually roll out and
2: take effect.
1: My biggest fear is uh, are we going to see streaming services, other streaming services, do to, to, to take part with this one? Like, uh, for example, Disney Plus.
0: Well, Disney Plus isn't a good streaming service anyway. Nobody uses it.
1: Yeah. Oh, the same, but, with, um, um, yeah, same with HBO Max as well. Everyone yeah. hates them. <laughs>
0: so, of course, there's a way to get, the, um, get people into the streaming service. But still, you're not making any money from releasing in cinemas, so do it this way. Yeah, I don't get why they hate making money so much.
1: <laughs> I think it's more like, as I said earlier, it's more of the back end deals and stuff. It's more of the um, it's more of the back end deals and how much um, advertising money they would get as well. Does the director get advertising money? They should, yeah. Why would
0: they? How are they advertising the movie?
1: So the, the usual response, the usual like
0: YouTube, um the director's going on youtube and advertising the movie
1: well look remember look what happened with the dc um, fandom event the f- directors, some of the directors made their appearances to say check out our new movie the batman check out the new movie wonder woman and like their appearances at so conventions and, and stuff.
0: For going to conventions
1: yeah we
2: should cancel all the conventions are dead the movies are dead sit home and
1: die <laughs> <laughs> the <brand> has spoken <laughs> Yeah, so I find it interesting like Netflix Netflix hasn't even said anything about this like well why would they they're not involved at all They're not, they didn't they're, not get involved the at, they're not involved at all yeah but then they're part of the streaming war they're part of the streaming wars though, whether they like it or not. Like they're part of the streaming business, so they they'll be watching it with with the, with um a bit of unease and anticipation. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, I think Kalar- they'll
0: be as worried as you think they are, though.
1: Yeah. So um, also interesting. Uh, if I just went before 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 we end this one, they, they said here, um, of one of the um one of the brothers, head "Honcho's basically said our content is extremely valuable unless it's sitting on a shelf, not being seen by anyone." Uh, we believe this approach serves our fans, supports exhibitioners and filmmakers and enhances HBO Max, creating value for all.
0: Yeah, so here's the problem. Christopher Nolan's paid enough that he can afford to go two years without income. The, um, the extras and the cameramen can't. So if they don't these, release these movies this year and make no money, then there's just no point in keeping the industry going. The industry going to have to shut down.
2: Let's yes, have let her die and bring <laughs> forth a new republic.
0: <laughs> oh, the irony of using movie references in a discussion about the death of the movie industry.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it is a sign that, ho- that, the ho- that Hollywood, is ca- Hollywood is dying. <laughs> anyway.
0: Well, Hollywood's been losing the games in terms of market share for, well, not market share, but uh, profits for years now. And it's going to be even worse this year because they um, Hollywood's been completely shut down and games haven't. Yeah. So even though a lot of games won't have, uh, well, a lot of sales will have been reduced because of the economic downturn, that's not going to make a difference for actually, you know, for movies because not- nothing's happening in movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: I I want to see June in cinemas as much as anyone else. But if this is the way things have to be, so be it.
1: Well, let's just hope that they don't do like what CD Projekt Red did a couple of months back, which was, it's delayed again! It is delayed again! It is delayed again!
0: I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) They've already delayed it so that they can release it in a time better for them. So, I don't know, is it going to, um, can they delay it again now that they've got a deal for streaming?
1: Oh, unless if they do, like, uh, un- unless if they do, uh, what is it, the, the HBO Max cut, and then a couple of years later they'll be like, the new cut!
0: Oh, please do not give them the idea that game developers have. <laughs> Releasing specific versions of the game on specific consoles is wrong.
1: <laughs> That's what I don't understand, like, um, I d- The other day I downloaded um, Deus Ex um, Human Revolution and there was like, there's a director's cut. I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) Well, director's cuts of games make sense. They tend to have all of the DLC in one place, um, have bugs fixed. It's basically another name for Game of the Year edition. Uh,
1: But
0: the problem is... Like, games on particular consoles come with levels that aren't released in other consoles, which is
2: what's wrong with the system. Professor, you should start talking about director's cuts when there's Blade Runner hanging over your head. (laughs) Just saying, hello. (laughs) How many copies have we released of Blade Runner? Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. The final cut. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that happens
2: Well, what's the, uh,
1: let's not forget Lord of the Rings
0: There's <laughs> only one extended edition of that Everything else has just been remasters up to 4K and stuff like that
1: Yeah, yeah that's true, true But yeah, back to the but, but oh, then, So yeah, the
0: extended edition is the way to watch Lord of the Rings
1: Yeah, but here's the Okay, but back to the movies though so. Can you actually see Dune Lord of like the Rings is do? movies
0: What's up? Lord of the Rings is movies We can't go back to the movies If we're already talking about movies
1: We were talking about games earlier on before we get to the movies. And Lord of the Rings is movies. (laughs) Okay, okay. Could you actually see someone... Could you actually see uh, Villeneuve do that, though? Like, there's the HBO Max edition. Now there is the Villeneuve edition of Dune. I have no idea. I don't know
0: what he's like as a person.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. My biggest fear when it comes to all these will be like, oh, yes, in order to see all these um, new Warner Brothers movies, you have to pay extra. Extra, I tells you. That's
0: what Disney already tried
1: and it was a flop. Yeah. Like uh-huh. for other reasons.
0: Because Mulan sucked. But <laughs> hopefully it um hopefully they think that it's because uh, the system sucks and not because Mulan sucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just hope um I, I just hope HBO Max uh Hollywood does the cyberpunk edition model <laughs> to delay it and d- to make it better. Yeah, we'll also have to see. Like Hollywood's trying to
0: farm money, but you know what else does farming? Fish. <laughs> so in the first instance of a non-human vertebrate domesticating another animal, damselfish in uh, off Belize in Central America are farming algae with crustaceans to tend it. So it's only seen in some particular fish at the moment. Um, others eat the damselfish, but the eat, sorry, eat the shrimps. The um, So they're misered shrimps. And the longfin damselfish have formed a relationship. The damselfish will protect the shrimp from other fish. I said that prawn's not shrimp. Now, I think in this case it is actually shrimp. But yes, um, so it's possible that the one theory that they're working on is that the um, this particular case is related to fertilizing the algae using mysid shrimp waste. But you know, I reckon it's only a few years until they have the mysid shrimp actually farming it and you know, um, ploughing, picking the algae. No, I don't actually, but that would be pretty exciting to find in another animal. Ants actually, um, ants are a farming species. Some of them farm aphids, but those are invertebrate species. Mm. So the damselfish is the first vertebrate species.
1: So are we going to make, are we going to get like a new, uh, new nursery rhymes with, uh, oh, oh make, oh, make damselfish had a farm? Yeah, you
0: make the damselfish happen.
2: No Nessiram shall destroy our good feelings and minds today.
1: <laughs> Although it does, um, it, it does make you wonder, though, like if the damsel fish could do this at as at this location, could you imagine them doing this in the Great Barrier Reef?
0: Yeah, well, this is already a smaller reef, but um, it is a reef, so there's no reason damsel fish on the Great Barrier Reef couldn't develop to do this, except the um that the Belize fish seem to be in the early stages of developing uh, domestication. So this is a sort of as it happens investigation. Scientists have a chance to actually learn how
1: domestication occurs. The fun part's going to be like what's the next le- what's the next step going to be? Fish taking over the world. <laughs> you know there's a
2: manga where that happens.
1: Oh, n- really? It's I horror. a
0: horror prize. There's a manga for everything.
2: It's a horror <laughs> manga by Jinty... Um, <laughs> Jinty... Uh, oh my god, I am terrible <laughs> I'm so sorry. Jinto so Flip. Someone someone say that better than me. <laughs> Jinto Ito. Jinto Ito.
0: Is that different Thank to Junji Ito?
2: Oh no, it's Jinji Ito. Sorry, I spelled it wrong. There he go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Jinji Ito. Ito. Okay, I didn't know he'd done that. I've read some of his stuff. Let me find the image. Uh, oh, here we are, lovely. Like Gaio? Oh, so the Enigma of Amigara Fault was actually a bonus story included with Gaio? I mean, Enigma is the only one that ever gets posted on Reddit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, can you imagine um, can you imagine Tesla going, "Okay, we're going to do, we're going to um, make this uh we're going to make this a uh, cool new exercise in farming in fish farming." Tesla, did you say? Yes. What Tesla.
0: does Tesla have to do with fish farming? You know, they're a car company.
1: Yeah, but they're also a space t- a space company as well. Space fish. <laughs> Well, I
0: don't know. Maybe fish are going to be better at colonizing Saturn than we are.
1: Oh, that'll be fun. Then future civilizations will go, we dare not go to Saturn. Why? you, You just don't want to know, son. You don't want to know. We made a big mistake back in the day.
0: Well, I was swimming in a creek a few weeks ago and these little fish kept coming up and trying to nibble me. So, I don't know. Being eaten by a fish probably isn't as bad as it sounds.
1: Yeah, there are some fish, um... There, there are, there are some fish um in Asian countries that does um that cleans your body. Like uh, what was I think they're in the um, Jack? I think certain um spas they do that too. How do you find that out? Yeah.
0: The problem is when you do it in a spa where a hundred people have been through that day, there's no way to sterilize the fish between customers.
1: Yeah, there they are. The barefoot. The, there they are. The uh, relaxing spa fish. That's the one.
0: So I wonder how like apparently normal dam normally damselfish chase off anything that comes under their um, farms. Because damselfish farm algae to begin with. But um somehow they've come up with working with these uh, these myzids. I have no idea why, I have no idea how. I just know it's happened.
1: Although the pro- although the problem we to we might have to um, encounter is whether these fish will survive um, with with um climate change and whatnot?
0: Yeah, that's a good question because reefs already aren't doing well. Yeah. Algae doesn't uh, do too well in hot environments, depending on the species. Uh, the reason coral reefs bleach is actually that the polyps release their algae. They have a symbiotic relationship with algae. And when things get too stressful, they just spew it out. So... Hopefully, uh, hopefully, they survive because it would be tragic to see this sort of relationship and not be able to study it. Yeah. But what's up next, Debbie Boy? Hi, guys. Have you heard of a game called Cyberpunk? No, I haven't. Is this some Indie Darling? <laughs> oh,
2: dude, it is the biggest Indie Darling of the last eight years. <laughs> Truly is a remarkable game. Heads out a- of. How have you never known? This has such a great deal of
1: hype. Yeah, had I recall there was some famous actor. Starts with a K, ends with an Kelly Clarkson.
0: S- She's a singer. What? Kelly Clarkson.
1: Nah, Oh, yeah, singer. <laughs> starts yeah. with an S. <laughs> There's a lot of um
0: a lot of overlap between singers and actors, though. She was on American Idol, which is a TV show. So that basically makes her an actor, so I was still correct. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, Debbie Boy, there, there was a time, yeah, that was such a hyped up, that was a hyped up, um, such a hyped up game. Yeah, yeah. I
0: love the, uh, delay memes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, guys, just
2: thought it's just released, and, um, well, it's uh, definitely been a fun time to see push So, like, yeah, the reviews came in, and the game was overall pretty positive, but it's definitely has some rocky, bit of a rocky launch you yeah, know, to say so. Well, not financially. Well, financially, I've just seen, no. Financially, yeah, just seen an
0: article here. Uh, they've already made back their money four days later.
2: Yeah, financially, 100%. But in terms of, like, reviews and actual gameplay, it's like, oh, performance and stuff. Like, uh, of course, you had the thing, like, a week ago, you had the uh, epilepsy issue. Uh, well, well a specific point in the game where it tried to create an epileptic shock. Uh, yeah. Uh, but... I don't it, know if that was accidental or not. Yeah, I don't really know about that one. So patched that out at least. That's well, good. It well not patched it's that I think of a, it was setting or something. Uh,
0: but yeah, uh, so your character puts on a, a headset that happens to flash patterns very similar to the ones that they use to diagnose epilepsy.
2: Hi Pokemon <laughs> Polygon episode.
0: Yeah. I um I went to look that episode up after I heard that. And, wow, that was hard to watch. Like, I'm not epileptic, and that still hurt my eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I want to say this, though. The, the the storm that came out of Cyberpunk has been amazing. Like, GameSpot is a game. I get confused. Is it GameSpot or GameStop? Okay, Anyways, uh, GameStop. Oh.
0: GameStop is a uh, failing re- retail company. GameSpot is a
2: website.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, you were saying Debbie Boy? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean the main storm has been that uh, well you can't technically play the game on PS4. It's uh, it's not terribly good. Look, you
0: can play the game. You're just not going to get any FPS at all.
2: Well, you can play the game, but do you really want to play the game?
0: I mean yes, but I played on my PC because I don't own a PlayStation. So yeah, because
2: you have all the money, you little console flip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, hey,
1: hey, hey! If it, if it, if it, if you want, if, 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 if it makes you feel any better, guys, I even bought the co- the collector's edition on PC. Oh shit! So what's yeah, the that that box? You on PC. Oh, how big box? Oh, you
0: we get it in the door?
1: <laughs> it wasn't. It was, it was. It's not that big. It was. It's like knee high. That's still pretty big for a game box. Considering
0: (laughs) these days games are literally just pieces of card with a serial number on it.
1: Oh, you're talking about Fallout 76, that kind of thing? No,
0: no, lots of games games in online stores um, just release a a code instead of putting a CD in the box.
1: But yeah, not many people liked the game on console. They were just like, oh, the, the frame rates and stuff, it was just laggy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not doing well on current-gen consoles. I hear the new, new gen are doing better.
2: Uh, yeah, the new gen are better-ish, but they're not technically released for those yet, because you can like, you get it through upgrading from buying a PS4 version, but still, like, it works fine, but it's still nothing compared to what is on PC.
0: And they should have released off of the new stuff first, then then uh, then spent the next few months optimizing for uh, the old ones.
2: Yes, 100%. But uh, they didn't do that because Rush. Out of time, boys. We got to get out of time and out of other people's attentions. Yeah. We got this game out the door, but no one allowed us to have more time on products. So. We couldn't possibly delay this at, game that's already been delayed. Yeah. <laughs> at least Cinchpot Red just announced that they're changing their contract rules to give everyone their bonuses.
0: they bloody better after saying they won't use Crunch and then using it for months.
1: Yes, so they've done that, which is good. I've seen one um, YouTuber. He says he's found he he may have found a way to deal with the performance issues. Uh, with the uh, if it's on the Titan RTX. Yeah, I've seen someone. Some people have managed to figure out how to how to solve the performance issues. But um, yeah, you
0: can do it with enough power. But you know, you can do anything with enough power. Maybe we just have to wait for the cyberpunk quantum computer edition.
1: here's a question though is this the next crisis game
0: no no because crisis just came out with the the next crisis game the first one with all the graphics updated
1: yeah but was it is it playable enough to melt your computer though
0: yeah it has a can it run crisis mode which completely turns off all of the limits
1: But yeah, um, but yeah, the storm that's been uh, had with Cyberpunk, that's been insane. I mean, what was it? The 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 old one was a uh, Game St- Game Stop with, uh, with 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 the reviewers. Oh, that was funny. Have you guys seen that video?
0: No, I haven't. What's the deal with the reviewers?
1: Uh, so one reviewer basically said. I have not played the game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it seven out of ten.
0: No, that's not how this
1: works. <laughs>
2: oh my god! Seriously?
1: Why? <laughs> Hang on a second. Let's let me find let me find the review. It was it was a, and the like to dislike ratio for that review. It was just funny.
0: <laughs> I'd hope so. What I don't it, hope uh, everyone would dislike it, because that's rubbish.
1: What was it? It's 5.4K likes and 34K dislikes.
2: I mean, but speaking of um, likes and dislikes stuff, so the Metacritic score for the PS4 and Xbox versions have dropped to roughly, I think, Xbox... Uh, I'll just say roughly out of medium. It's around about a 2 Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Uh, While well, the PC version the user scores dropped to sixty-six out of ten. Oh, uh, because of bugs and such things. But likewise, on Steam, it's also been dropping slowly over the last couple of days into mostly positive, uh, and slowly dropping into mixed. Yeah.
1: Well, what's the uh? What's the meta? Crit- what's the critic scores for the game? I mean, the fan game would be totally different to the critic score for the game. Yeah, the critic score's ninety out of hundred. Really? No yeah, way! I have no idea how
0: gamers and critics are so out of touch from each other,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, the Metacritic score is ninety. User score is six point eight, and then I'll try to find the PS. Where's the console version? Go get the correct scores. You know, we, we, well, we're journalists here. <laughs> uh, the whole version is two point eight, and then the Xbox One version is three point seven.
0: Yeah, it's not um not doing well then.
2: No, and likewise, even our uh, reviewers of the Xbox One version, like actual game reviewers, say it's a three point five and a six sixty eight, and for PS four version, uh, there uh, I likewise put it at sixty and thirty five, and basically, as two other publishers, that haven't given scores, basically like just don't buy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I reckon this will be one to wait for the uh, the patches.
1: Yeah, I, I'm looking at one of the um one of the. Crypt- one of the reviews for this—this um, this is from the one of the users who reviewed. They're saying here, the degree of disconnect between the critics and the games is astonishing. I blame this on the cancel culture that permeates every single social interaction nowadays. Critics are simply afraid of being honest about giving a disparaging review for fear of losing their jobs. The irony Not only is
0: that, but idiots will send them death threats. Yeah.
1: <laughs> The irony is that gamers are to blame for this. If they disagree with the review, they react too harshly against the critic, and this in turn makes the critic undesirable for the company. They work for their purposes to be popular amongst gamers in order to stay relevant and in business. Let's end this cancel culture. Let's be tolerant about this, about people's opinions, and that way everybody wins. Yeah, it's kind
0: of a problem with a lot of industries at the moment. You can't, you know, do it... You gotta I wouldn't normally say this, but reviews are very political these days.
1: Oh yeah. Especially
0: Wait, how- with stuff like uh you might remember Fallout New Vegas came one point off getting the uh the bonus for getting a particular score on Metacritic. <laughs> like even that's going to politicize things once that comes out.
1: Yeah, not wrong. Hmm. You were gonna say something, Brad? Uh, David Boy. No, 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 I mean, have reviews always be
2: bit cool because it's always someone's personal opinion. Like, was there a time they weren't? Well,
0: yeah, they're, they're an opinion. It's very hard to be an objective reviewer,
2: if at all. Yeah. Okay, the fun of reviewing. And that's why I trust user views more than actual critic reviews.
0: But, yeah. Much like how. Um, release day is already more testing than you will ever get in a um, in your QA lab. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, release day also gives you the best idea of what a game's like. Because there's so many people reviewing it all at once. But then there's also a few uh, <laughs> reviewers that I follow who I know have similar tastes to me. And uh-huh. I think that's um,
2: a big part of what you need to do to
0: get accurate reviews.
2: Yeah, that's a difficult, that's a difficult thing, isn't it? But it's all just such a balancing act. So... Yeah, like, you don't want to be in an echo chamber
0: because no. then you'll miss some great things. But you also don't want to have to... Um, you don't want to be following a reviewer who doesn't suit you or you won't find games that you
2: like at all. Exactly. So you, you got to write the line.
1: Yeah. And the problem is, though, the line... Not many people know where the line is or, in some cases, the line is too blurry.
2: Yeah, that's what makes it hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's just such a, such a mess to do.
1: Personally, I just follow... Just follow... It, it, if you want to follow the, um, the person I just follow the principle, respect your audience. Just respect your audience. If you do that, then you you will win fans immediately. That
0: does solve a lot of problems. But on to our next topic, Devi Boy, when you play a game and you push the control stick forwards, which way does your head go? Which way your head goes? The character's head, like in a oh. first-person game.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I push my own head forward um, in, in a first-person game. Does it even move? The camera's usually just still. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of bobbing that goes down I mean, and up.
0: Uh, Okay, the view control, sorry, the, uh, the view control stick. When you uh, use that, which way does your uh, character's head go? Down. Okay, so we're all regular players here, but some people do it the other way around and call themselves inverted gamers.
2: Yes, and I wish those people would die in a hole and be caught on fire, <laughs> and then I'll light the fire TNT. Thanks, Zelda, for making that the default option. <laughs> Which Zelda game did that? Uh, Wind Waker. Okay,
0: yeah, so sometimes some... like I think on balance, most games are um, called inverted pulling back to look uh down <clears throat> it's complicated to describe but yeah i think most games do it one way and call inverted the other way some games do it uh do it the other way around for some reason
2: can we have one standardized format please like why why do you want to switch those around well
0: why? i'm happy with people changing it because um you got to pick the control scheme that works for you most games the control scheme isn't an integral part of the experience
2: but Professor, this is my question. How how does it make sense pushing down goes up? Okay, flight simulator, different story, but you know, yeah. if I push if I use my motor skills and I want to move my head, I told my motor skills to move down, my head moves down, does it doesn't move upwards? Ah <laughs> Yes,
0: there's <laughs> a, a reason why it's such a big debate. Anyways. Yeah, so some uh, some gamers reckon it comes comes over from flight simulators. Because in a flight sim, you pull back on the stick and look up. And that's the
2: same thing. It makes sense going through that, that area.
0: Yeah. So um, Dr. Jennifer Corbett at Brunel University in London, she's a co-head of the Visual Perception and Attention Lab, is actually going to do a study into it. So it's not something they normally do, but because their regular experiments are delayed due to COVID, they um, are taking an opportunity to do this as an online experiment and they're going to try to work out what the difference is.
2: Interesting to see the results,
1: eh? Hey? Yeah. I mean, what like what are they going to find, though? Are they going to find like the performance di- differences between inverted and non-inverted, or are they going to...
0: Maybe. Uh, maybe they'll find out that um, people who use inverted have a better... Like, one theory they have is that it's a better visual um, visual mapping of what they're doing, of their body. So maybe it's more along the lines of a inverted player is better at visualizing stuff. A, um, a regular player might be more literal. So, you know, maybe it's left brain, right brain. But it also points out that control schemes are really standardized for some reason. Um, you know, the first games that use particular control schemes sort of set the uh, set the field for everyone that follows. You won't find a single FPS game that doesn't use the standard twin-stick format now. And that's been the case since, um, I think it was one of the old Alien games was the f- first game to actually use um, the modern twin-stick FPS control.
1: You mean like Call of Duty, I can't, those kinds? Yeah,
0: So, and there's a reason games follow it because you don't want friction getting into your game. You want your players to be able to pick up and play, literally, because the more friction there is getting into the game, the less likely they are to keep playing.
1: Yeah, but the problem with, um like, FPS shooters, for example, is you have to, um like, as soon as you start immediately playing it, it you kind of, you know, be like, oh, yeah, this is cool, this is cool. But, um like, for example, with me, when I played um Apex Legends, for example, I thought initially, like, yeah, this is cool, I can pick it up and stuff. But I struggled so hard. And then, was because like, Because you I... suck at the game? Oh, that too,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's got nothing to do with my point. Yeah, but. Point the point is that people won't give your game a go if it's hard to get into.
1: Oh, no, no, It's not like that, though. It's also like you have to modify a lot just to fit your needs, kind of thing. Like you have to change controllers, you have to change the field of view, that kind of thing. Kind of...
0: Yeah. You know, you... that's the great thing about PC. You can tweak it to suit you same with inverting your controls maybe inverted feels better to you so you can choose and you can make the game work the way you want it to because for the most part the interface with the game isn't part of the experience (coughs) it's just something that you have and you have to deal with to interact with the game but then you get games that do experimental control systems and some of them are great um fruit ninja you know there weren't a lot of games that at the time fruit ninja came out that really took advantage of being able to swipe on a touchscreen and that's uh, an innovative control scheme that wouldn't have worked on a regular console nintendo is always trying to do different things with their their consoles the wii uh, you know every nintendo controller is different because they're always innovating mm. Not like the PlayStation controller, remember which how, has uh, been the same ever since the PlayStation 1.
1: Remember how the PlayStation tried to, um, to be innovative with the, uh, was it the eye toy? Yeah. And
0: that flop, maybe because you need, um, you need to buy another piece of hardware. You need a decently sized room for it. Um, and the tracking wasn't as good as you'd get with uh, later gen. So the later gen tracking had those ones. And same deal for most VR headsets these
1: days. Hmm. Can you imagine if VR was to adopt the uh, inverted inversion um, controllers?
0: No, because VR is a direct mapping of your view to your face. The only way you'd get inverted controls in VR is if there was something very wrong with your eyes. Like if you tilt your head back and your eyes roll around wildly. (laughs) I don't think the regular human would have any kind of, um, yeah, any kind of inversion, but there are different models of VR movement. We're still learning about what works in VR and what doesn't. Mm. For some people, walking in VR is fine. For other people, not a chance. They need to teleport or their eyes will not match up with what they're seeing. You know, their inner ear system and they will get motion sickness.
1: From a game developer's point of view, is this sort of a pro- is this problem a, fo- a like a balancing act in a sense?
0: No, you just put in a control to let people invert their controls, and that's it. It's it, for accessibility; it's the thing to do. It's responsible.
1: Yeah, but I, I do. I, I think I'm, I might have I'm, I might have asked this question already. But why do get Why do inverted players get so much hate though? I don't know. That's just a thing that happens. They
2: can die in a hole. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I find the hate because you start a game as inverted, and you're like, oh my god, who, what psychopath did this? <laughs> flips it, goes the setting, flips it around. It's more of a grudge, I think. Okay. I mean, I feel that like whenever I start a game, it's just like, why are the controls inverted? Who does this? And then, <laughs> yeah, back. it's like I think that's where the hate comes from there's some
0: debate about which should be default. But anyway, uh what did you play this week, DJ?
1: I've been playing AOD, The Art of Defense. And it's basically a tower defense uh game basically. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's not that bad, but it's a, it's just a like a mobile mobile type game. I'll put it up on All right.
0: Okay. Well, okay. It's, is there anything special about it?
1: Um, it's not really. It's the special part about it is basically you can you have to defeat wave by wave, and you can.
0: That's you just can, uh, regular tower defense.
1: Yeah, with microtransactions and all, but it's it's fun to play. Like seeing all the ca- cars get blow up and blown up and stuff, and trying to figure out strategies on how to um we how to. Weed at the um the pack. And you can also upgrade your um weapons and bases and whatnot. So it's fun. It's fun. Okay. The downside is is the downside to this game is most um some of the weapons they always they take a long time to load up. So yeah. And the microtransactions. Oh good God, the microtransactions are annoying.
0: Okay, so we give it a zero out of five then. <laughs>
1: Uh, three out of five. I mean, it's fun to play. Like, on a, it, it's fun to play when you're, when you don't require too much thinking. But yeah, it's it's the microtransactions. It's just, eh, yeah.
0: Okay. So what what do you rate it?
1: Uh, I'll just rate it three. Uh, I'm rating it three out of five. That's crazy. What about you, Debbie?
2: Ah, uh, nothing really. It's been a pretty meh week. Just, uh, facing work. I know, not that exciting, Hey. Mm -hmm. how about you you, professor haven't been doing anything
0: i was playing uh noita oh what's that um it's the the falling sand magic game i was telling you about oh yeah yeah it's still good i'm uh really enjoying it still and the the combos of things are really interesting um there's a lot to learn about the ways different skills interact and what you should take for a certain run
1: have you found any more bugs in that game or just uh same old same old story no uh i haven't found any bugs i give it
0: uh 4 out of 5 cool it's got a lot of content and i'm not close to finishing it so got a lot to a uh, got a lot to go there mm mm-hmm. mhm Right, so, have a quick ad, then come back with our events of intro.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then, when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass?
0: So, on the 7th of December, Chuck Yeager passed away at 97. Chuck Yeager was a test pilot with the right stuff. He was the first person to break the sound barrier. He joined the U.S. Army Air Corps in 1941. His first plane ride made him throw up. He was passed over for the U.S. space program because he never went to college. <laughs> uh, but it was upset to not become an astronaut. He considered them passengers throwing the right stitches. Sorry, he was not upset to not become an astro- astronaut because he considered them... Pr- Passengers throwing the right switches on instructions from the ground. He was 24 years old, testing a dozen planes a week when he first broke the sound barrier in a Bell X-1. He had broken two ribs a few days before, but didn't tell his superiors for fear of being grounded. Because of the pain, he had to use a broomstick to close the cockpit before takeoff.
1: <laughs> that is awesome.
0: <laughs> yes, and nobody knew whether the plane or the pilot would, be acti- would actually be able to handle going past the speed limit. The uh, sound barrier. One of the weird things about um, breaking the sound barrier is that the controls invert. Eh? (laughs) Oh, Chuck. Yeah, so going really fast causes weird stuff to happen with aerodynamics. And as I understand it, the controls basically invert, and you um have to reverse your inputs to keep flying.
1: Uh, I hope someday they'll they'll, they'll try they'll not invert them. I hope someday they'll 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 do that. But one can only hope. <laughs> you idiot! Um, actually, I might be wrong. I
0: just pulled up a link about it. No, you don't need to do that. That's a lie. There is no reversal of the controls above the sound barrier. I mean, there is a, a certain high speeds, but. Not just crossing the sound barrier like uh, Chuck Yeager did. So, yeah, that's just a a movie invention. Damn, I've been Uh. lied
1: to. (laughs) Wait, so I was right? (laughs) Well, the
0: controls don't invert. So, on the 8th of December, we had the 40th anniversary of John Lennon's murder on December 8th, 1980, by Mark David Chapman. That was a very sad day. Yeah. And what's weird is that apparently Mark Chapman was going to kill both David Bowie and John Lennon, uh, but he only got to John Lennon before he got caught. I understand. Well, it might not have been both. It was either or, depending on whichever he got to first. <laughs> <laughs> on the but- 9th of December... Sorry.
1: I was gonna say imagine if um imagine if uh Chapman got got um took down uh David Bowie instead of John Lennon. I wonder how music would have been like now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would have been very different. Because yeah. um, you know, David Bowie was in his uh peak at the time, but a lot of uh a lot of his best stuff came after that. So on the 9th of December, 2020, a 90-year-old woman in the UK became the first patient in the world to receive the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine after its approval in the UK. Her name was Margaret Keenan, and she received the the injection at 6.31 a.m. in Coventry. The uh, vaccination project is the largest in the NHS's 73-year history. The second person was William Shakespeare. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, not the William Shakespeare, but oh. same name. <laughs>
1: Imagine if uh, William Shakespeare got uh, this William Shakespeare got the um, vaccination. All of a sudden, he starts saying like, "Yes, I can write magnificent plays now."
0: <laughs> that would be rather weird. <laughs> For our remembrances on the tenth of December, eighteen nineteen, we sorry, eighteen ninety six, we have Alfred Nobel, Alfred Bernhard Nobel, a Swedish chemist, engineer, inventor, businessman, and philanthropist, with three hundred and fifty five different patterns, including dynamite. After inventing dynamite, his company, Bofors, uh, pivoted from an iron and steel producer to a producer of weaponry. The element Nobelium was named after him. In 1888, his brother died visiting Cannes, and the newspaper accidentally published Alfred's obituary. It condemned him for inventing military explosives, which is believed to have brought about his decision to change his legacy after his death. The obituary stated, the merchant of death is dead, and on the 27th of November, 1895, Nobel signed his will, which set aside the bulk of his estate for the Nobel Prize. He died from a stroke at 63 in San Remo. On the 10th of December, 1920, we have Horace Elgin Dodge. Horace was a co-founder of the Dodge Brothers Company. Horace was the mechanical side. His brother was the business side. He invented the first dirt-proof ball bearing. In 1897, he arranged a deal with a third party to manufacture bicycles. After several years working with other car companies on various projects, And John Dodge working as vice president of the Ford Company. They terminated their contract and began building the Dodge automobile. Horace died at uh, 52 in palm beach florida on the 10th of december 1922 clement lindley rag who was a metrologist born in Stourbridge, Worcestershire, england but moved to oakmore staffordshire as a child he set up the rag museum in stafford following a trip around the world rag trained in law but became a meteorologist including winning um, and won the scottish meteorological society's gold medal and began the trend of using people's names for cyclones in 1884, he moved to Adelaide, Australia, and set up a private observatory where he was then commissioned by the government to work on a meteorological organisation for Queensland. His original idea was to name the cyclones after the Greek alphabet, but later use the names of figures from Polynesian mythology and politicians. <laughs> After his retirement, the practice would end for 60 years, but he named them after James Drake, Edmund Barton, and Alfred Deacon. He
1: died at 70 in Auckland. Can you imagine um, Cyclone Trump? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's uh, so many cyclones a year, they would have run out of politicians eventually. <laughs> for our famous birthdays on the 10th of December, 1588, we have Isaac Beekman, a Dutch philosopher and scientist, who virtually gave birth to modern atomism? Atomism sounds like what the uh, children of Atom believe in in Fallout. He was also a friend with uh, Rene Descartes, Descartes, where Descartes. they met him.
1: Sorry? It's uh, Descartes.
0: Okay, Descartes. Yeah. <laughs> Although they fell out in 1629 over a dispute about whether Beekman had helped Descartes with his mathematical discoveries. They did remain in contact for the next seven years until Beekman died. So, Independently, Bigman developed the concept that matter is composed of atoms. He is one of the first people who described inertia correctly, but he assumed that a constant circular velocity is conserved. He also showed that the fundamental frequency of a vibrating string is proportional to the reciprocal of the length of the string. And in the analysis of a, a pump, he theorized correctly that air pressure is the cause, and not the popular theory of horror vacuue. I have no idea what that is. It's uh oh fear of empty space which um, nature abhors a vacuum. So I suppose the idea is that by creating a vacuum in the pump, stuff will go in. But the reason that happens is because of the air pressure on the outside pushing it in. It's not that it would just go into the vacuum if there wasn't anything pushing it.
1: I like how uh, it says a horror vacuum reflects Aristotle's idea that nature abhors an empty space. Yeah. Sounds like one of those horror movie titles. In an empty space, no one can hear you scream. (laughs) He
0: was born in Middleburg on the 10th of December, 1751. George Shaw, George Kearsley Shaw, an English botanist and zoologist, co-founded the Linnaean Society in 1788 and became a fellow of the Royal Society in 1789. He published one of the first English descriptions with scientific names of Australian animals in zoology of New Holland. Yeah, so Australia was first discovered by, well, discovered by white people by the Dutch, because, you know, the Aboriginal people lived there for ages. But, um, yeah, I wonder how it would have turned out if Australia had been settled by the Dutch instead of the English.
1: Oh, history would have have changed significantly. Yes, it probably would. So George was one of the
0: first to examine a platypus and publish the first scientific description in the Naturalist Miscellany in 1799. The botanical author abbreviation G. Shaw is applied to species he discovered. He was born in Beerton, Buckinghamshire. And on the 10th of December 1851, Ada Lovelace, Augusta Ada King, Countess of Lovelace, was an English mathematician and writer known for her work on the Babbage machine, the analytical engine. So she is uh, possibly the first to recognize that the machine had applications beyond pure calculation and published the first algorithm for the machine. Yeah. So as I understand it, Babbage designed the machine and wrote some simple programs, but it was just for calculating things. Then Ada Lovelace came and expanded on it. But um, other historians believe that Babbage's notes show that he came up with with the first programs. Yeah, so a bit of a debate there. I suppose they really were doing different things with it. But uh, she was also known for asking questions about how individuals and society relate to technology as a collaborative tool. She was born in London. That's a really interesting question about um, how society uses technology. On the 9th of December... 1868, the first traffic lights are installed outside the Palace of Westminster. Resembling some railway signs, they use semaphore arms and are illuminated at night by red and green gas lamps. So today, the spot they were installed is occupied by Winston Churchill's statue. In the months before its installation, two MPs have been badly injured and a traffic policeman killed on the spot.
1: Oh <laughs>
0: yeah, a policeman still operated them, but they were more visible.
1: Can you imagine they install they they use this technology now? Like instead of imagine if uh, they go like okay, to uh, we're gonna use gas from now on, and, and all traffic lights will be using a semaphore.
0: Yeah, that would be rather weird. <laughs> Where's the yellow? Where's the ye- in January eighteen? 18- well, I think the lights are better because they're more reliable. Less moving parts. In 1869, a gas leak caused an explosion, badly burning the face of the police operator, and lights did not return to the capital until 1926, when manually operated electric lights were installed in Piccadilly. On the 10th of December 1948, the Human Rights Convention was signed by the United Kingdom, sorry, United Nations. (laughs) (laughs) It was signed by 48 uh, who voted in favour None against, eight abstained, and Honduras and Yemen failed to vote or abstain. Eleanor Roosevelt is credited with being instrumental in mustering support for the adoption, both in the US and around the world. The uh, main point of contention, according to Eleanor Roosevelt's notes, was that was Article 13, the right for citizens to leave their countries. The majority of um, UN states gained sovereignty and joined the organization later. On the 10th of December 1968, Japan's biggest heist, the unsolved 300 million yen robbery, was carried out in Tokyo. On the morning of December 10th, four Kokubunji branch employees of the Nihon Chintaku Ginko transported a bit less than 300 million yen, so it's a bit of a lie there. In the trunk of a company car, the metal boxes contained bonuses for the employees of Toshiba's Fuchu factory. They were stopped next to the uh, Fuchu prison by a young uniformed officer on a police motorcycle who informed that their branch manager's house had been blown up and warned that dynamite had been placed in the transport car. The employees uh, exited the vehicle while an officer crawled out under. Moments later, smoke and flames came out of the car and the officer rolled out shouting that it was about to explode. While they were on a while the employees ran away, the police officer stole the car and drove away. <laughs> As of 1988, both civil and criminal statutes of limitations expired, allowing the criminal to tell his story without legal repercussions. He has yet to come forward.
1: How gullible do you have to be, though?
0: Well, there was flames and stuff, so, you know, I'd believe it. <gasps> On the 10th of December 1986, the movie Kamikaze premiered in Japan. In Too Much Japan, premiered in France. (laughs) Kamikaze is a Japanese thing, so, you know. Yeah. A mad scientist invents a system which allows him to read through the airwaves and transform television cameras into weapons to kill whoever is being filmed. But that's all we have for today. Where can they find us, DJ?
1: Uh, They could find us on... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, they can also find us on That's Not canada.com where we have an archive of our old episodes. And then uh, you can also find new podcasts there too.
0: Such Here's as our uh, TNC shout out for this week.
1: Uh, our TNC shout out for this week is Black Magic Woman. It's a podcast about uplifting conversational style, pro- uh, style program featuring post mainly First Nations people from Devi. Australia and
0: around the world Debbie we can hear you typing
1: <laughs> we can hear you typing your keyboards are too loud <laughs> I'm so sorry my power <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so what was that one called DJ uh
1: black black magic woman so basically a, a podcast featuring um, having conversations to highlight the diversity amongst First Nations people and the resilience of her people so yeah
0: okay. So that's all we have for this week. We'll see you next time.
1: Take care of each other. Stay hydrated and hooroo. Don't turn invert in. <laughs> Don't
2: turn inverted. <laughs> Don't turn inverted controls on, and I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>